We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What's up, Dynasty Command Center Nation? It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back. This is our big 50th anniversary uh, episode. Hard to believe it's flown by just um, about one year of this pod. Uh, Travis and I cutting up all of the biggest and best topics in Dynasty. This is now our second rookie class that we're going to be cutting up with you. And uh, really just can't wait to get into it. Before we start talking about what a rookie draft looks like in the, the post-NFL draft world. I want to remind you, go to rotoviz.com and click on 2020 Rookie Guide. Version 3, Volume 3, is out and available for purchase now. This has uh, rankings that are adjusted for uh, single QB, kind of a traditional league. We've got super flex and tight end premium formats. Um, we ranked 60 deep. You're going to be able to see the composite rankings of myself and Travis, along with Sean Siegel, TJ Calkins, and Blair Andrews, Rotoviz Dynasty Brain Trust, bringing it uh, for you in every format. And then we also did uh, three separate mock draft exercises um, in, in each of those formats. And then Travis even gave you IDP rankings. So you degenerates that are listening to the show, I know you're out there, that want to know who to draft at edge or who to draft in the secondary, uh, we've got it there in the guide 
for you. So without further ado, Travis, it's been a couple weeks since we've been able to talk. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be worth the wait. Really can't wait to talk about this rookie class. Take us through what the, the first round of the Rotoviz uh, Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide Super Flex Rookie Mock looked like. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun putting those mocks together. We just had a, a Zoom call, <laughs> hopped on. It was me, TJ, Curtis, Sean, and Blair just kind of going through, uh, just picking our favorite players. And so the first round kicked it off, and TJ actually selected Tua Tungo Bailoa, uh, actually over uh, Joe Burrow, which uh, to some listeners that might sound like a, a crazy surprise. But uh, Curtis actually surprised us again and took his uh, favorite, my favorite, running back in Jonathan Taylor, uh, which, uh, again, super flex, leaving Joe Burrow on the board. And then, again, Sean left uh, Joe Burrow on the board to drop him all the way down to four. Uh, He actually took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the three spot, and Joe Burrow went off at four. And then I took Cam Akers in the five slot. And that was the first kind of run through the five five of us in the first round of uh, our Superflex uh, mock draft, which was a lot of fun. I just, I was surprised that Burrow, I, I was like sitting there at, at five. I was like, man, am I going to get Burrow at, at five in a Superflex mock? And and I actually have heard of real results uh, where Burrow did drop that far, but that that is the farthest I've heard him drop. And most of the time, I feel like in real leagues, he's going to be the n- number one overall pick. How, how, do you, how do you feel about that value? Yeah, I mean, in, in Superflex, it's it's a four man top tier, uh, which is great. And, and and I think depending on what you think of Tua, for some people it might be a three man top tier. You know, there are people who think he maybe is going to be a better NFL quarterback than than fantasy quarterback. And I think there's merit to that argument. But but certainly, um, I think I think the big shock in the first tier was that that TJ took Tua yeah. at the one hundred and one. Yeah. Um, but you know, TJ. I, he he definitely feels that you know if the injury didn't happen, Tua is basically a generational or or at least a once in a decade type quarterback prospect. Yep. And so he's sticking to his guns off of the healthy uh, medicals, uh, the, the great medical reports that have come back on Tua in, in the past month or so. And so you know I, I think if you're if you're thinking about you know hey where do I go in a super flex rookie draft to find the value, it's straightened into the bottom of that that first tier if you're looking for an elite player. Uh, so 103, 104, those are trade-up spots. If you're in the 101, 102, yeah. and you don't have a, you know, a, specific, a specific romance for one of the, the prospects, trading back um, to that three or four spot, probably a nice value play for you. Yeah, but right. I, I don't know what order it's going to be in your draft, but the top four probably are going to be uh, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Joe Burrow, and, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I felt like, well, I guess I'll take the next best player off my board. And so I actually went with with Cam Akers, who I do actually have as my running back three right now. I mean, really, the, the running backs are pretty tightly held together for me in, in my rankings. Uh, I mean, below that, I had J.K. Dobbins. And actually, I was able to get guys that I had ranked back-to-back in my rankings in the first round because after the first five picks, you know, I took Cam Akers at the fifth slot. Then went Jalen Rager, TJ picked him, uh, Justin Herbert was your pick, Curtis. Then CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, J.K. Dobbins to me at 10, Justin Jefferson, and DeAndre Swift wrapped up the first round of the Superflex mock, which 
that that seems pretty chalk. I mean, if you look at the wide receivers that were first round picks, I mean, there are some people. Henry Ruggs actually dropped into round two, and so there were some people that that are not super high on Ruggs. I mean, you and I are are part of that cohort, but this was that. Were there any other surprises to you in round one? Yeah, I think I think Dobbins dropping to ten after I passed on him at one hundred seven was a surprise. Um, you know, part of the the point of the exercise is not just to to draft according to our own boards, but it's also to to show people you know what could happen in in their rookie draft because it, they aren't all just chalk and ADP doesn't manifest itself in every draft. No. I mean, AD, ADP <laughs> is the average. Yeah, I and mean, that's what it is. It's the average, and so I think it's certainly range of possible outcomes that that a quality player like Dobbins or in in other cases, I think probably what's more likely to happen is acres would be the guy that would drop there just based off a community feel. But I think you could get a quality running back at the end of the first round. And and that's why the super flex format is, I mean, it's been growing for the past couple of years. And yeah. I really think it, it's starting to overtake, you know, the dynasty community as a preferred format. I mean, there's so much value in the first round. I mean, Deandre Swift dropping, I got Deandre Swift at one twelve, yeah, and I was jumping for joy. It's just a mock <laughs> draft. and I'm jumping for joy. Um, and so this is just a great year, an absolutely smash year to own first round picks and super flex. The quality really um, maintains itself even through the middle of the second round. And so um, I would say be prepared for for anything and everything in the first round. And if you know who your targets are, um, you know, other than understanding where the tiers are, I wouldn't get too cute. So I mentioned that the top tier for us and the guide is four deep. The second tier lasts the, the rest of the entire round. And so I think from 5 to 12, literally anyone could go off the board. Um, and so, you know, I, I personally wouldn't get cute trading back from 5 to 10 or 11 if it's going to break your heart, um, depending on, on who's available. So um, I'm going to bridge it into round two here, Travis, and kick it to you sure. um, for some analysis. So the wide receiver run really goes deep in, in the second round. It's because, you know, we see three we see three quarterbacks rise up the board due to the format in the first round. And in round two starts off with eight consecutive wide receivers. So Brandon Ayuk goes to Sean. Sean is really hot and heavy on Brandon Ayuk. Moved him up to six overall on his board after the NFL draft. Loved the spot in uh, San Francisco. Um, Henry Ruggs goes at, at the 202 to Blair. Travis takes a player who I think uh, is a very much a value play after landing in Cincinnati. Um, if AJ green was already gone, T Higgins is probably a tier one prospect in rookie drafts, but because people are a little worried about year one and what does that look like? You know, I think the value is deflated just a little bit, but he landed in a true uh, potential alpha spot. Oh yeah. TJ takes KJ Hamler yeah, a little which, earlier than I think ADP absolutely. is typically going to be, especially for super flex, but TJ is in love with KJ Hamler. And then I think this is really what demonstrates the value in Superflex. That 205, 206, we see Michael Pittman and LaVisca Chenault go back to back. These are two players who are probably, you know, the wide receiver two in their offenses is in year one. Um, both of them have some really desirable comps in, in the Rotoviz prospect box score scout, especially Pittman. Pittman getting draft capital really vaulted him into some elite company. And we're talking about in his top 10 comps. Uh, we see A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's half of his uh, top 10 Sims now after yeah. getting draft capital uh, in the top 40. So and I absolutely love 
Michael Pittman, and he's a target. He's a trade-up target for me in every format in rookie drafts now. Uh, Denzel Mims and Brian Edwards end the wide receiver run. So, Travis, just out of those eight receivers, who would you be targeting, uh, maybe willing to trade up for in the second round if you see him slipping a little bit? So Blair uh, Blair Andrews actually got Denzel Mims in the seven slot of round two. So pick 19 overall. I think w- once I saw, you know, like K.J. Hamler go with the 2.04 and I'm looking at a wide receiver set that still still is posting, you know, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, and Denzel Mims, all three players that are at that pick or above in terms of my value and my valuation, my rankings for this format. So I would be moving up. I would be trying to get one of those three picks to get one of my guys. I actually have Mims over both of these guys. Mims actually has some pretty pretty fun comps as well. But, I mean, he's a player that has a more complete and more consistent uh, production profile, even from his, I guess, his second season. LaVisca Sinerald obviously had uh, kind of a down 2019, some health questions. Pittman, I mean, a lot of people that don't like Pittman, they, they look at his kind of disjointed production profile and they think, well, why did that happen? He had like two catches as, as a true freshman. Well, he was surrounded by a bunch of other incredible future NFL players and some guys that made him NFL rosters. Yeah, he struggled to stay healthy, but when he finally was healthy, he was, he was an alpha with, you know, three other future NFL wide receivers on his team in Tyler Vaughn's Amon Ross St. Brown and Drake London this past year for USC. So I, re- I really love all three of those wide receivers, and I'm really not surprised that uh, Brian Edwards dropped to me at the eighth slot. Um, and I almost took a different player here, but I decided to go with Ryan Edwards because of his 17-year-old breakout age uh, in the eighth slot there and just really felt like that was a solid value at pick 20 uh, in, in a super, super flex format. But rounding out the end of that round, round two, we did see our first tight end go off the board. TJ really likes Adam Troutman because of, uh, you know, he's now with the Saints. Uh, that, I believe the Saints actually traded all of their day three picks to go get Adam Troutman. And then uh, they ended up trading, I think, back into the end of round uh, seven, I think, to grab like uh, Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State. But weird, weird, weird draft for them in in that way. But Adam Trapman uh, definitely looks uh, like he's a solid tight end, potentially the tight end one in this class. Uh, Getting him at the 2.09, having the first tight end of year 2.09, it's kind of a weird class. But Keyshawn Vaughn was your pick at the two. 10 then Zach Moss and Joshua Kelly wrapped up round two so any surprises there were you surprised that it wasn't a different tight end that that went first here in this draft yeah I mean I think the chalk uh, tight end one off the board is going to be Cole Kmet after he got draft capital landed in Chicago Um, you know coach Nagy has really wanted to try to find somebody to hold down that Travis Kelsey role and it just hasn't worked I mean he's tried Trey Burton they drafted Adam Shaheen uh, early and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, you know, they, they've just been grasping at straws really uh, with tight ends. So they bring in Jimmy Graham and I don't think anybody thinks Jimmy Graham is a world beater. You know, he, he's, he's probably better than, than we showed us um, last season. Uh, really just a forgotten year for him. Um, but I don't expect him to be able to hold off um, Cole Komet, you know, f- for more than one year, certainly, and maybe not even for the entire year. Um, the one thing he, Komet's going to have going against him is a shortened, uh, a shortened, you know, camp season this summer due to, you know, everything going on with coronavirus. So um, maybe not a shocker that Troutman went above him, but I don't think that'll be the norm. I think I do expect Komet to go off the board before him and probably 90% of drafts. Um, I think what we see in Superflex here 
is that there's there's some tight or there's some uh, running back value that really gets pushed down into the late second, early third, at least in our mock here. Um, we see four running backs go off the board in a row and five in an eight pick stretch. And it includes Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, Joshua Kelly, Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon. And so I think out of that group, you know, we're probably going to get two guys that give us a couple RB2 seasons. You know, I don't yeah. know who they are going to be yet. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn has been a sharp riser after the draft because of the Tampa Bay landing spot. You know, I I think the team spending early draft capital on him probably is not a good signal for Ronald Jones. But I also don't know that Keyshawn Vaughn's necessarily, you know, a better runner than, than Ronald Jones. He's definitely better catching the ball, which, you know, with Tom Brady... And I think that's what people are chasing there from a fantasy perspective. Zach Moss is going to be in an ugly timeshare with Devin Singletary, I think. Yeah. But at the end of the second, I mean, I think it's totally fair value. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Kelly going 212 to Blair. That's, that's a pick that's really kind of growing on me, not even just in super flex, but in all formats. Um, late second, early third, targeting Joshua Kelly. If the team, if the Chargers manage their backfield this year, the way they did last year, you know, somebody's going to get a Melvin Gordon sized role, which was super, um, super attractive for fantasy, even though, you know, Eckler had the top five PPR season. Gordon was still very productive and mm-hmm. useful for fantasy purposes as an RB two, And so I think Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson is going to provide that production. And this is a very fair price to pay for it. But I really like, you know, out of those out of those four back, the four backs that went in a row here, I like your pick at 301 of Antonio Gibson. You know, when the Redskins read his name and said running back, Antonio Gibson, you know, that was that was huge. And then immediately after we hear Ron Rivera talking about um his skill set and the the creative ways that they can use him and how accustomed he had gotten to using Christian McCaffrey to really do everything. I mean, I think he's got a vision for what he wants to do. Um a, a bell cow that can be used on the short routes. Um, the Texas routes, those types of things would be extremely helpful to Dwayne Haskins. And that's, that's um, as he Gibson, develops. Man. He takes those and, to the yeah, house. And I, I, I think them. Gibson truly could smash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Truly could smash. And I, I prefer to take Gibson later in the second than Keyshawn Vaughn earlier in the second, which, yeah. which I, where I think he's probably going to go. So kudos to you <laughs> on the uh, 301 pick of Antonio Gibson there. Yeah, I like that a lot. And really, I mean, even in some real drafts, I don't know how many of you listening have already started some of your – uh, rookie drafts I, I had some of mine that were like okay day two's over let's start the draft and so it's just you know they, they're they're already three rounds in i actually had one rookie draft already wrap up five rounds uh since i guess they started it uh, saturday evening it is now uh i don't even know what today is but it's you know it wrapped it up in a few few days uh, pretty quickly and uh, one of my leagues i actually did take antonio gibson at pick 2.09 in a 14 team league so i, I got him at pick 23 and really, with this crew, I may have been able to wait a couple more picks. Uh, AJ Dillon went right after him, but I, I think uh, Antonio Gibson, the sweet spot for him in superflex and really in in, in one quarterback leagues, is just t- somewhere in the late second if you want to be safe. But he's dropping to the third just because when people take a, a look at his production profile, they're like, "How is a player like that supposed to be a full time player in the NFL?" And they just don't understand the level of athlete and uh, just elite, efficient monster that he can be. Uh, so I really can't wait to see what happens there. Listeners, b- before we shift away completely from Superflex, one name that didn't get called in the first two rounds that we had kind of talked about in uh, earlier iterations of our 
uh, rookie guide series and really on this podcast as, as a great value at quarterback was Jalen Hurts. Uh, in that same draft that I got Antonio Gibson at 2.09, I actually traded up to get Jalen Hurts at pick, I believe it was pick 31 overall, just because even if, you know, even if Carson Wentz is obviously the starter for a long time, there's there's a chance that Carson Wentz is hurt again at some point, and Jalen Hurts has an, a, a window to produce and, and have a sell high window. Even if who knows what happens with the, with the Eagles trading him or whatever is going to happen, whatever happens with Carson Wentz's contract post 2021, you're waiting a lot with uh, Jalen Hurts. You're waiting a lot with Jordan Love, but I like Jalen Hurts as just an ultimate dual threat weapon if he ever does see the field. Are you still li- liking him, Curtis? Okay, so this this is where I'm going to take the podcast off the rails, um, and I'm going to talk about Jordan Love versus Jalen Hurts okay. um, for a minute. So Go the it. first observation I'll make, um, Jordan Love, I, I really don't think he's going to fall to the third round in your Superflex rookie draft. Um, he did here um, because we have the information on what his sims are, even with getting the draft, uh, the draft capital that he got. Yeah. Jordan Love's sims in the rotoviz prospect box score scout i mean they are atrocious they're i mean that's being nice. cover your ears that's being nice <laughs> make if you're listening to this in the car um it's it's earmuffs, earmuffs for the kids <laughs> okay if your wife's listening um you know it's probably not appropriate for her to hear these are the top 10 sims for jordan love adjusted for draft position Jimmy Clausen, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Hackenberg, Drew Locke, Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater, Geno Smith, Matt Barkley, Josh Rosen, Garrett Grayson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is this is an absolute okay. So Train not wreck. only not only are these Sims worse than I could have created if I just would have if you would have told me create the ultimate fade quarterback sim profile using the box score scout i probably couldn't have grabbed these names out of a hat you know and 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 created something so bad i wouldn't even have imagined it then you add in that the team still has aaron Rodgers under contract for like you know what four more seasons i think i mean jordan love's not going to see the field probably until year three yeah at least unless this relationship (laughs) just really goes sour it's going to be very difficult for the team um, to deal with this contract situation and 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 Rogers, so you're going to invest an early super flex pick in the second round on Jordan Love. No, um, that's why he falls to three in our exercise with the Rotoviz team here. I think once he's in the third round, especially if you're playing in a deeper league, which most super flex formats are. Okay, look, you rostering thirty guys. Okay, draft Jordan Love, let him rot on the bench for a couple years because when yeah. he does get his first start, his his value is going to spike. But no way. Should you be drafting him in the second, given the quality of the players that are going there? Um, in, in contrast, Jalen Hurts did not get the landing spot that we wanted, but he absolutely got the draft capital that we wanted. The worry was that he wouldn't even be day two. I've been telling people for months that I thought he was going to go round one. He didn't quite go round one. Okay, we, we missed out slightly on that, but he goes very healthily in round two. To the Philadelphia Eagles, who have struggled to make it through a season with their QB one, notoriously. I mean, Nick Foles and his Super Bowl ring as a starter will will tell you that. And even after following the second round here, Jalen Hurts' top four comps 
all very, very fantasy viable at some point in Superflex. So Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Tyrod Taylor, Robert Griffin III. Okay, and so, you know, when Jalen Hurts starts, I think we could see a Robert Griffin III type deployment where he's running plenty, passing enough, and absolutely is a Superflex weapon. And I don't think that we're going to have to wait to see him the way that we're going to have to wait to see Jordan Love. I mean, the Eagles have already started talking about packages. They said that they've studied, um, they've done a ton of studying on Lamar Jackson and how he was used early on. And uh, I, you know, I think that you're going to see packages developed specifically for Jalen Hurts in year one um, as a passer, not just as as a uh, an offensive weapon. Yeah. And so if, if he falls around three, it is just on. Lock. I don't. Yep. If it's three hundred one, I'm still taking him. I mean, I love Travis's pick of Gibson there. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to be a fantasy difference maker at some point at quarterback. So in Superflex, he's an extreme target in the third round. Um, I'm not going to read through you know the last fifteen to eighteen picks here, but I am going to call out the quarterbacks. That's yeah. why we care about the Superflex format here. Jacob Eason went three twelve. You know, I think Jacob Eason is is very much in the same situation as Jordan Love that he's not. We know he's not going to play year one. Um, he could play in you know, year but, two, but though. I, th- I think they're basically <laughs> similar assets. At th- they're really similar assets at this point. He's basically an arbitrage Jordan Love in terms of, and in some ways, in terms of skill set, um, and in other ways, in terms of situation. So you can take him cheaper if you're willing to sit on a guy. And then in round four, Jake Fromm's the only other. QB that went in this um, exercise, you know, he goes to Buffalo and this is really interesting, Travis, and you watched a lot of him in college. I want to hear you um, talk about the fantasy viability, but when I just think about Buffalo and where they're going as an organization, okay, I think this is a make or break year for Josh Allen. They, they've really invested a lot around him. They went out and got Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, they, they invested heavily in, in wide receiver and tight end last year. They got another offensive weapon in Zach Moss in this draft. They really have gone out of their way to make sure he has some weapons at his disposal. And, but we know, you know, he's, he's not accurate. He's erratic. He makes poor decisions. Well, they go out and draft Jake Fromm. He's basically the polar opposite of Josh Allen in every way. Yeah, personality-wise, uh, talent-wise, it's just a completely different player. Yeah, and, and, and the reason that that's interesting to me is typically if you're committed to a certain offensive system, you, you, you try to find a similar type player to come in and, and run that system as your backup. I mean, we see it all over the league. And they drafted somebody completely opposite. So to me, this, this pick doesn't just feel like, okay, well, he's a safe backup then can come in and be a game manager it also feels like a potential hedge, an organizational hedge on Josh Allen um, where they, they're giving themselves you know, an out to go a different direction if the experiment you know, fails this year. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Could Fromm be a long-term starter in the right situation? Possibly. I think that, that'll sound insane to the people who have Josh Allen on their rosters and they're probably actually ang- angry and maybe yelling at you right now uh, while they're listening. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, J- Jake Fromm's not a... Uh, you know, throw a 60 yard bomb type quarterback. He's a, you know, quick throw, quick read type passer that can chuck it deep in a, in a spot when he needs to. Uh, he's not going to miss a wide receiver by seven yards over the middle, seven yards downfield either, like Josh Allen does every other pass attempt. But he, um, he definitely uh, makes some good decisions. He, he had decent adjusted yards per attempt numbers. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was just, it was just kind of, 
an interesting pick still, nonetheless, because Jake Fromm is just so polar opposite for sure. But uh, I guess what are some other other dart throws here uh, that we can kind of cover uh, in the Superflex format? Okay, so before we get into some dart dart throws, I mean, we got to mention the sponsors here, Travis. Absolutely. Um, we we got to mention the sponsors. I mean, they're so good to us. Um, bet we're just online. on a roll. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're on a roll. Um, bet online, okay, guys. So th- there's no NBA, there's no NHL, there's no Major League Baseball. It doesn't mean there's nothing to bet on. Uh, our exclusive partner for the podcast, Bet Online, they still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. You know, they got an online casino. You got poker in there and blackjack. They're basically, bringing Vegas to you. Um, if you're missing the NFL. No problem. I mean, th- this is wild to me, Travis, but people are betting on live daily Madden NFL 20 Sims. They're doing simulated <laughs> games. And you can bet on them. That's I mean, incredible. This is great. This is, this is truly for the degenerates. I mean, bet online clearly um, sees the void that, you know, we're sick of quarantine and they want to give us something uh, to lay some coin on. You can also bet on uh, Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and uh, even recently, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, they're open 24 hours a day. It's all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. You can join today and receive a welcome bonus. It's BetOnline. It's your online wagering solution. Now, Travis, uh, you know when you're in a super flex draft and you're going four rounds deep, um, you know, you got to last a long time. Okay. So, you know, the other, the other thing I want to mention to our listeners, um, is blue chew. So guys, if you want to last longer, it doesn't matter if, if you're talking a rookie draft or in this case, maybe in the bedroom, uh, lasting a couple extra rounds, you got to get blue chew, go to bluechew.com. It's the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis. So, I mean, you know, they're going to work. These obviously have been tested, very reputable products. Since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't even need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew has an online physician. It's free of cost. And once you're approved, your order is going to ship straight to your door in discreet packaging. So here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay five bucks shipping. That's bluechew.com and a promo code BLUEWIRE. I mean, why would you wait? Just just do it today. Okay, so Travis, we're going to talk favorite round three and round four darts at the end of a super flex rookie mock. I'm going to let you go first. I want one in each round. Who's the guy that you're praying gets to you in round three? And who's the guy that uh, you want in round four? So I think, I mean, I, we've kind of already covered one of the guys I pray just somehow gets to round, round three, and, and that's Antonio Gibson. I think he's still doing in, doing that in some spots. But I think if you get outside of that and you get to some players that are kind of, you know, maybe maybe your team's pretty good and you're in, in the late late part of round three, uh, I think, um, you know, you're, you're at that point you're probably out of day one, day two options. And so I'm okay at that point uh, giving a look to Antonio Gandy-Golden, uh, who uh, was drafted by the Redskins in round four. Obviously, they they have Terry McLaurin there. Uh, he looks to be the alpha on the offense that, that's going to get most of the targets. But 
besides that, they don't have very many proven options. I mean, last year they were resorting to, you know, targeting uh, one longtime favorite Debbie darling of ours, uh, Kelvin Harmon. Many, many people liked him as a prospect. They were targeting him some. They were targeting targeting uh, Steven Sims some of uh, Kansas. Uh, you know, he, he came out of nowhere and was actually productive for four weeks. But realistically, Antonio Gandy-Golden, player who has three back-to-back-to-back back uh, 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown seasons for Liberty, uh, is just an impressive playmaker, a decent athlete, not, not crazy uh, vertical speed, but that's what McLaurin does. AGG can really move the chains and really separate via route running. So I'm excited to see what he does. And so round three, AGG is the pick for me. And then once you get into round four, you're really, really kind of just uh, stretching and, and trying to get anything here. If, if, if it's not tight end premium, I am looking to get Albert Okoibunum uh, because I think uh, because of the landing spot, he it looks like at first glance he's behind Noah Fant in the pecking order. They just drafted Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They already have Cortland Sutton. It looks like Albert O's is dead to the world, but he runs a 4.5 at 260 pounds. I think it's 258, but I'm rounding up just to make a point. And he's really, he's a touchdown scoring machine. He's already caught in his career. He's already caught 17 touchdowns from Drew Locke. And he hasn't even played it down in the NFL because when they were teammates at Missouri, they absolutely killed it. When they once they got in close, a lot of it was scheming him open on play action over the middle, but he can separate in route running as well. So that's my target in round four. What about you, Curtis? Uh, just to piggyback on uh, on Albert O there, you know, I, I read a really interesting post draft article where John Elway actually admitted that they called Drew Locke um, shortly before they went on the clock to make sure he was okay with this pick, um, and and they actually they blame his senior year performance and kind of lack of interest, something that, you know, drove him down the board. They actually are blaming that as an organization um, on the quarterback change. And oh, they said that the, the, the majority of their evaluation is based off of what he did, um, you know, in the two years, in the two years prior. So I think that's really interesting. So they probably feel like, you know, and, and if, and if he had come out a year earlier, you know, there's no way he would have lasted this long. Um, you know, it's just that this, this last year really put some question marks in his evaluation. And so they probably feel like they got an extreme value. Huge. Um, and, and I really, I, I mentioned this, um, in a, in a DM, um, you know, with a, another couple reputable, reputable fantasy guys. I don't think it's that absurd that Albert Okoy Boonham overtakes Noah Fant, um, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying it's likely to happen, but it, there's definitely a non-zero chance just because the familiarity piece there. And and we saw this, I mean, just last year, Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, he had instant chemistry with Terry McLaurin and it's, you know, really the only thing that worked for Dwayne Haskins in that rookie season. And so there's definitely something to this. When you're telling me once plays go off script, he's not going to be looking for the guy that the chemistry is already there with. So yeah. I, I think that's really sneaky, Travis, especially in non-tight end premium. Yeah, because uh, clearly he's not going to last that long in that format. But you know, my dart throws for round three and round four. You know, just just kind of looking at this, I think. I mean, honestly, in round three, the, the top of round three is almost like a, a value spot to trade up to because you know we see the top six picks there: Gibson, Claypool, Komet, Dylan, Love, Hurts. You know, those are all people that are you know you could consider viable to some degree. But just looking at how the board uh, weighs, um, I think. Um, Darrington Evans 
is probably like the last running, the latest running back typically that I'm going to be excited about um, for a year two starter potential, depending on how the team handles Derrick Henry uh, in Tennessee. So I think that's, you know, really sneaky. Um, and I think Anthony McFarland in round four in this exercise also for the same reasons, you know, I think the Steelers could easily move on from James Conner um, or Conner gets injured and McFarland actually gets opportunity in year one. Um, so those are two running backs that I think you can get later in these drafts. Um, the, the last running back I'll mention at the very end of round four, I, uh, Travis actually took him uh, in this exercise, did not let him fall to the 411, but to Michael Pirine. Uh, you know, again, it's kind of that same situation looking for the older um, injury prone running back. You know, he's going to be backing up Le'Veon Bell uh, in, in New York. So there, there's some late late round dart throws uh, for your rookie drafts. You know, the take clear takeaways um, and you can go back and listen to this episode and, and try to find some some of them. But, you know, round one, the, the first tier is four deep. Um, the rest of the round is really its own tier immense value in the second round of super flex rookie drafts if you wanted to spend if you wanted to spend some of next year's capital like you want to trade a future two plus a future three to get a top half of the second round pick this year uh, if you can find that type of deal or something similar i'm all about it i think you're going to find tons of value in the top half of round two and then you know jalen hurts and antonio gibson are probably you know the the sky is the ceiling type players in round three so um, hey, thanks for tuning in. We're going to do this same exact format uh, for one QB PPR uh, rookie drafts and also for tight end premium. So we want to keep these a little shorter and digestible. So, you know, you can listen to them right before your rookie draft, uh, you know, this spring. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Travis, take it away. Yeah, thanks again for joining us and uh, definitely be on, on the lookout for some more breakdowns of different formats, 1QB and tight end premium. And we'll also get to some you know position-specific uh, episodes so we can really break down these position by position and how they kind of rank and stack up, where the tier breaks are and things like that. But until next time, you guys, uh, thanks for joining us on this Dynasty Command Center podcast, but keep living that dynasty life. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.